much thoughts. I want to begin in a way that's not typical because it's not part of what we're learning, but, I, but maybe it's also part of our learning. I want to begin by really apologizing. Uh, last week I was very strong, I was very harsh. And I, uh, I apologize to the individual whose, whose article I was very critical of. I still am, and I stand by everything that I said as far as the Titan, as far as the content of what I said is true, and I, I wrote that to him as well to apologize. I sent him a message. But I was very, very strong. I certainly did not mean anything chas v'chalil in any personal way against any Jew. God forbid. I didn't mean anything against him or any of the individuals who have written things that I strongly disagree with. But I guess um, at the end of the day, I'm still Hungarian. <laughs> and uh, feelings have a way of leaking, you know? That's how it is with us, with our greed. So um, I apologize publicly for saying things in a way that uh, shouldn't have been said. The Teichen was something that I stand by, but the Tzur was not something that should have been in such a strong way. We could talk in a more gentler way, in an honest way, but in a way that's more gentle. It's important for us to continue, and it's not off topic, because really it's on topic. There's a, I'm going away Mr. Shem, in a few weeks, and there's so much to, there's so much to, to cover. During the course of this week, there... Uh, there are a lot of people that communicated to me different things. Apparently, this, uh, this, this little thing went out into the world. It's, things travel nowadays very, very quickly. People move slowly, but <laughs> videos travel quickly. And um, so I have from all over, from Israel, from England, and from other places, communicating, you know, um, Mostly a lot of chizik and positive, and a few people with some very uh, good questions, important questions. And um, some of the questions that I found were being asked over and over. Just in this past week, a number of people were asking about, in this sugi of Hashem's love for us, the unbreakable love that Hashem has for every Jew, how do we reconcile that with so many other things that we see in Torah and in Chazal? For instance, I had, I mentioned this at the Erev Shabbos Chabur, there was somebody that was so, uh, that was so on fire with the Indian that uh, I guess he didn't, I, I didn't see that he called me or anything, but he just came to my house. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so a person from Queens, he just came to the house and knocked on the door, and they said, Shalom, Shalom. You see, he, came, he comes with the Rambam and Hilchus Tshuva. He says, the Rambam says that, uh, it, was, it was very beautiful and, and what you spoke about and Hashem's love for us, but the Rambam says, the Rambam says, the famous Rambam, I mean, it's a Rambam that hurts every time we hear it, but the Rambam's the Rambam, and he says that Amish, he speaks about the Balchuva before doing Tshuva, not the Balchuva like they could say Balchuva nowadays, but uh, an old-fashioned Balchuva that, you know, the person's keeping mitzvahs, and then he went off, he did something he shouldn't have done. And then does tshuva. So the Rambam says that the greatness of tshuva is Amesh yesterday. I don't even like to say it, but it's the Rambam. He has son, you know, he was despised by God. And Matuav, it was disgusting in Hashem's eyes. And Hayom, and then the Rambam goes on to beautiful Hashem's poetry about it today. This person is Yadid, a friend of God, and loved by Hashem. So this person was cooking over this Rambam. Mm-hmm. Weimar says that God loves me. 
even even at our worst moments, that God loves each and every Jew. But the, the Rambam seems to. So now we have machlokes between the Weinberg and the Rambam. Moshe, with a big psik. <laughs> so how could that be? How could that be? I have another another couple of people were 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 calling out In this parsha, we had a few. What about Kares? A person is cut off. In English, it's translated. I don't know. Probably cut off. That, that the soul is cut off from God. That seems to to support such a view that a, a Jew could be cut off from Hashem. Then I had a, 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 an interesting question that came from Israel. The This person was, was wondering in the world of Ahava, in that world of Ahava, in the world of love, that, okay, Pesayda, Hashem loves every Jew, Pesayda. But, in that world of Ahava, other madragas of love. In other words, the way he worded it was, I thought, very, in a very good way. He said, at the end of the day, does God love Reb Chaim Kanevsky more than me? I'm, I'm just asking, like, how does that work with Hashem's love? Like, yeah, can you get, like, you're higher up, you're lower up, lower down on, this, on that scale of Hashem's Ahava and so on? And there were many other questions... <laughs> Along these lines that, that need to be addressed, and I spoke a little bit about Erev Shabbos, by the Chassidus, Chabur, and um, they're important questions, and, and we're going to, Mr. Shem, get to them, so we're a little bit temporarily on hold with the, with, with the uh, Sugi of Shemir Sabris, although this is obviously very much a part of how we look at ourselves, the whole Indian of how our children are looking at themselves and how we look at ourselves depends on understanding this. And we're going to go through it. It's not, it's not complicated. It's very, very simple and it's very clear. We need to learn a little bit Ramchal to understand that there are two Hanhagas that Hashem has in the world. You know that, and I mentioned this in the Arab Shabbos, you know that, that the same Rambam, who we live by, and Chazal tell us that that certainly a child needs to be disciplined. An undisciplined child is a child that's not loved, feels not loved. A child needs to be disciplined. And therefore, a parent at times is not only permitted, but obligated to show, upon him, to show an angry face. I'm not talking about in the earlier years when it was also not just an angry face, but sometimes to give a patch. I'm not suggesting if nowadays it's no longer shy. But there isn't any like that in Torah. We can't make believe it's not. But everybody here knows from the time that you're learning in yeshiva, or even if you didn't go to yeshiva, every one of you knows that what the Rambam and Chazal tell us is to show an angry face, but not, God forbid, an angry heart. In the heart, the heart is filled with love. Uh-huh filled with love. The angry face or the, the uh, moment of discipline is a taxis, a strategy <coughs> of helping this child mature. Now, what happens, unfortunately, in life is that the kid mistakes the angry face for an angry heart. So our children, when we get, especially now, they're so unbelievably fragile, we don't it's, Everybody's like really, really very, very vulnerable. Anything, anything that you show that's not positive. 
And that's why everybody's going to graduations now, so we have to make sure everybody's like valedictorian, <laughs> or gets prizes, something. You can't, you know, want anybody, anybody to, to, to be tzibrochen, not to be recognized or appreciated or something. It's, we're living in such a delicate time. But what happens with our children is that if you, nowadays, if you show like an angry face, the kid begins to think that, no, my father hates me. My father hates me. So Haraya, four years ago, he was angry at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'd like, I think I'm a nice guy. Like, I, we had fun. You know, you didn't have fun growing up in our house. We had a good time. Zmir was, we played ball. We left. We had a good time. Tavshin Mem Aleph. Rosh Chodesh Tamas. You don't remember, Daddy, what happened? Rosh Chodesh Tamas, Tavshin Mem No. What happened, Rosh Chodesh? Like it was a train crash or... I, what happened? Rish Chodesh Thomas. You don't remember. Well, that hurts me a lot. <laughs> I'm very hurt by that, that you don't know what happened on Tosh, uh, what happened Rish Chodesh. I don't, you don't remember what you told me? Um, no. I can't believe you don't remember what you told me. What did I say? <coughs> it's hard for me to repeat. I'm still, you know, I, you know I'm seeing somebody. <laughs> what did I say? You said that you felt I could do better in school. <laughs> now I'm exaggerating. But only a little bit. I said you could do better in school. Yeah, I probably could be. I said that. But you, were, you said it pretty strongly, you know, Dad. You said it pretty strongly, and you didn't look happy. And I, you, know, you walked out of the room, and you know, like you didn't hug me or kiss me or anything like that. You just said you could do better in school, or I'm dis- you're disappointed in, in my uh, report card. Oh, this is very... 15 years therapy so I'm saying over in an exaggerated way because of course there needs to be discipline and the Baruch is our father and of course he shows us an angry face and when you see those scary words like <coughs> kares and sonui and so on it's Hashem's angry face but Hashem has a hidden place it's called the Mistar. The Gemara says in the first paragraph of Chagiga, and there he's crying. He's filled with love, with Ahava. <coughs> What's unfortunate is that the Yiddish height that was given to most of us growing up was very superficial. For most of us, it was very superficial. And superficiality, that world of superficiality is studying always the face. Gestures, the face, it's always gets stuck on the surface of things. That's why it's superficial. It gets stuck on the panim and never goes to the pnim, the pnim. Which is one of the reasons that I'm screaming for all of these years and and, and I will continue, Mr. Shem, to the last breath that God gives me, the of Tonsi for all of us together. That without a person learning pnimi satira, without a person entering into the world that oilam ha pnimi, and I make it clear every time, but every time the people who will respond will always make believe I didn't say it. It doesn't have to be Davke Chasidus. I say it every time. If it's Ramchal, if it's the Gro, if it's Nefesh Chaim, if your thing is the Balea Musa, all I'm <coughs> begging is that each and every Jew should be exposed to the inner dimension of Torah because in that inner world of Torah, that's where you see Hashem beyond the angry face, you know? Because on the outside, He looks angry. On the outside, he looks angry. That's what the Gemara says there in Chagiga. On the outside, <coughs> just because of the suffering that we see in the world, just the suffering, just the misery that we see in the world, 
it looks to us like God is angry. So we grow up seeing him like with a frown. That's like on a good day. <laughs> but on a bad day, he's like, like, you know, really, really angry. And if kids remember what their, what their human father said or a look, so certainly kids and adults are stuck on what they seem, what appears to them to be Hashem's angry face, the angry face of God. And that is, that's a huge handicap to walk around with in your life. So what I'm saying is that we're going to learn in Ramchal, that world of the two Anagas and Das Tunas, and all the Ramchal's from he lays it out in the clearest and sweetest way that I'm a little surprised that some people ask these questions that they don't, that they didn't learn this, but it's okay. That's what we're here for, to learn. There's Anhagas HaMishpat and Anhagas HaYichud. Anhagas HaMishpat means the way that Hashem relates to us in a revealed and open way is a world of schar for onish, reward and punishment. Be a good boy or else you're going to get a patch. But that's how we do it also. But there's the Anhagas HaYichud. The Anhagas, not of Mishpat, of law, but Anhagas HaYichud is what? Yichud Hashem, that hidden place of Hashem. Look at Simon, Nodalad, and Dastunas. I mean, it's all over the place. In that hidden place of Hashem, it's only a hava. It's only a hava. Just like when we discipline our children. It's only a hava. And if you lose that, God forbid, that's bad. And if you really get angry at your kid, God forbid, that's bad. That, that's, that's, not, that's not what Hashem is talking about. Not with us as human parents, and not with him as Avinu Shabbat Shemaim. It's not about anything inside Kiv that heart of the Rosh that is hateful. God forbid. God forbid. Even Oisa Ha'ish, I don't like to say his name in Shul, you know what I'm talking about. Even the one who the, in church they're, they're praying to now. Even Oisa Ha'ish, he was a Yid. And he has a Tikkun. Say this, it's a long Mahalach. It's 50,000 Yoivos, that Rizal says. It's a Mahalach. Yeah, Give him a chair, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's hard standing up. But, but it's, a, it's a long time, but it's, but he's a yid. He's a yid. But the Gemara brings down a chalik, the whole list of who does not have chalik. But then the Gemara says later on, right, Darisha Rishumais. The Darisha Rishumais, that means there were, Repsodic explains there were those, the Sadiqim Pneumium, they were seeking to find that residue of holiness, and they said, Just, they have to go through what they have to go through. No one is saying that the world is hefka. And it astonishes me the way people will react and people will respond and say things like this about that, that, that Kilo in that place that's called Mistarm and Hashem's deepest place, that there's, God forbid, there's anything but love for a Jew. It's not just, it can't be. That's what we're learning. It can't be. Makes no difference. I'm not talking about Madregas of love. That's we'll have that's a separate discussion. That's what he was asking about himself, vis a vis the God of Hador and who does God love, you know, more. That, that's a separate discussion. It's an important discussion and it's a good question. But Kaidam called before even learning inside. Then there's a letter a letter from Rav Kook. Uh, Rav Kook, I think it's Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman. Rav Kook, Bechira and Skula. Rav Kook speaks about this whole Indian of the two ways that Hashem is with us. The two ways that Hashem is with every Jew. But unfortunately, because of this, because of the shitchias, the superficiality of life, and because we're not doing our job to teach Torah in a deep way, so unfortunately, there are many, 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 many Jews, 
I think it's accurate to say, the vast majority of Jews are only taught to look at God's appearances, not at his heart. Because the heart of Hashem is to be found in Sorum that we were never taught. And again, I'm not saying Chassid Sorum Davka. And they all jump on that. And you know, I said to somebody, so somebody was, somebody was complaining that, oh, so you're saying it's only Chassid? I said, no, if you look what I wrote, I didn't say it's only Chassid. I keep on saying it was El Salante, the Grub. But then I said to him, but let's say I would say it's Chassidus. In the Chassidus, we find the answer. Like, why wouldn't I be entitled to that? For instance, if a Sephardi is going around his whole life quoting the Beis Yosef, we don't fuck in him, you have a problem with that? He's proud, he's a Sephardi. Who's his Rebbe? His Rebbe's the Beis Yosef. They call him Maran, right? If you have a Sephardi, he goes around with pictures of Rebbe Avad Yosef. You have a problem with that? Why? Because he, he, that's his rabbi, Rabbi Yavad Yosef, that's his, that's his rabbi. Only by chassidim. It's an interesting thing. They don't forgive us. Why do I have to say, I have to say, of course, you could get here, you could do there. And I believe that, you could, of course, there's Panimus, Panimus and Torah is not, there's not, it's not the monopoly of Chassidus. Of course I believe. Do I believe that Chassidus is the Panimus of the Panimus and Rosen de Rosen to lead us to Mashiach? Of course I believe in that. And that's what the Balshamta was taught by Mashiach himself. And I believe that with all of my heart. But I, I, but I believe in the Kedusha of Torah and on all, all different strains. All the Chugim of Torah I believe in. But Panimus, to learn it in a deep way, to learn Torah deep. Not just to learn the Sugi and Shas, learn it properly. And when you learn, when you learn Emunah, learn Emunah properly. Learn him properly. And, but Luyitsui, let's say Ataka was, I favored Hasidus. Why can't I do that? I was just thinking about that the other day. I said to my wife, I said, like, why is everybody so angry that they, they're accusing me of, like, uh, Ki'ilu, uh, like, Hasidus is, is, you know, the main thing. I said, I said why can't I do that? So I didn't do that. Like, why can't I, why can't I favor that? If that's, I said, I'm a Hasid, so I like Hasidus. What's wrong with that? Why do I have to make excuses for the whole thing? <laughs> And then to, and I was thinking, we have to the defensive. Like I need to have a haskama. Like you're writing one of these letters. Also, they need, like there needs to be a haskama. Like we, the chassidim, and the svardim, who also are connected to the learning pnimis, we have to have a haskama from that elite world. You know, like keilo. We need to have somebody give us permission. That okay, all right, all right. You can learn a little tanya if it makes you happy. You know, take a little tanya. What is that? It's already three hundred years. This is a whole world of. Of of tzaddikim for hundreds of years, tzaddikim kedoshe elyon. Who this is not some kind of a thing. All right, all right. If it makes you happy, if it helps you learn gemara or something, okay, do it. But this is this is a, a mahalach in life, and it's not just a mahalach in life. It's something which is a hemshech of Rabbi Shemayichai and Ariyakadish. Kilo all svaradim and all chasidim. It's like, you know, if we agree to. to to, to let you do this, you know, all right, do a little bit of it, but of course that's not the real thing. The real thing is what we do. The, 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 the gaiva of it is, is, to me, is mind-boggling. The gaiva, the yeshus, the haughtiness, the arrogance, like, you, we need to have somebody's permission to, to learn Pneumis Atara. There's a, there's a Messiah of Pneumis Atara that came together with, with Tyra. It's part of Tyra. But if a person is, if a person doesn't come to that world of pnimis again, whether it's chassidish or other svar, whatever it is, if you don't come to that place of pnimis, then you can get stuck on that angry face of God, because it looks like He's angry at us, and then it, and that look was confirmed by many things that we saw, or we heard, and and oh, God is angry at me, God hates me. It's the Ferish Rambam. The Rambam says, "Sonly." The Rambam is not saying. 
chas v'chalil that in that place of who Hashem is that he hates a Jew. The Rambam was talking about non agus hamishpat in mida connected mida in the seder of schar as a father who disciplines his children. You better behave. Except now nobody can take these words. You understand? Nobody. If you ask uh, an older Jew, what do you think about this Rambam? He says, oh, it's a Rambam. It isn't like he doesn't have to go to therapy over the Rambam or anything like that. But now, now we see Rambam says, Azalosh and suddenly, God hates the before he does shuvah. God, God doesn't hate you. Just like your father doesn't hate you. I got news for you. I've seen this over the years, even with kids working with their fathers, that you have situations where that kid was convinced one million percent that my father hates me. And he hasn't spoken to his father in 10 years. And when I talk to that father, that father loves the kid, Ahavus Nefesh, Ahavus Oilam, Ahavarabah, but he just botched up the relationship. Is there such a thing as a father that doesn't love their son? It could be that something is wrong, but that's a malfunction in a person. And we don't bring rayas from something that's malfunctioning. But I know that I've had many times kids that tell me, my mother hates me, my father hates me. Usually it's with the father. My father hates me. And then it's not true. I said, it's not true. Your father, Mamish, loves you. But then why did my father say this? My father, my father did, and he brings all the things my father didn't do this. He did, 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 did this, did this. See, all of those things that your father did do or he didn't do, all of that stuff is in the Alma, is in the Alma des Galia. You know what that means? The, in the revealed world. And the revealed world, like we, we, we fall short. All of us fall short. Is there anybody here right now in this business that's doing what we, in our hearts, really want to do? No, we're not. So we fall short, and we do things that we don't want to do. In the this Gali, we mess up a lot. See, your father's a flawed person, but we all, you also, I'm also flawed. We're all flawed. We all are making mistakes in the Almadis Gali. But don't tell me your father hates you. I spoke to your father. He, he's sick of you for years and years. He loves you. He doesn't stop thinking about you. And this is the same thing with the, with the Rabbi Shalom. He doesn't stop thinking about it, Jew. But his Hanag is not flawed, you understand. He knows exactly what he's doing. That doesn't mean we could all take it. But he knows what he's doing. And when the, and when the Rambam says such a thing, and the Baruch Shalom shows us an angry face, and he has his hand like this, and, the, and, and, the, and the, those of us that grew up seeing that, it wasn't just holding a hand over, but, you know, Jews going into the ovens. So we stand back and we say, boy, this is tough. Baruch Shalom, this is really, really tough. This is a hard one. Because it looks like you're really ticked off, really angry. And then, you, then you're exposed to some people who are saying, well, God punished the Jews in the Holocaust because of A, B, and C. Whoa. Whoa. <clears throat> Put the Lubavitcher, we scream, about such a Mahalcha way of thinking. And all the tzaddikim, the Klosenberger, the Jews that lived through it, the Jews that didn't live through it were saying such things. The Jews are being punished. Men, women, and children, innocent people, good Jews, and Sadiqim, Rosh Hashivas, Rebbeim, deserve such an Indian to, in an oven to be killed the way they were killed. So we don't understand. So that's a place where we go back and we stand back and we say, ah, this is very hard. Like, you really look like you're upset. And I don't know what's, I don't know how what bothered you so much to do such a thing. But, I, but if I can get up in the morning and put on film, it's because I believe in Munishlema that that beneath that veneer, beneath that covering of Hanhagas Mishpat, of Mishpat, whatever that is, that Mishpat. And th- and it could be that some of those things that were saying that they were saying about in the world of Mishpat there's some truth to them. I don't know. I don't go there. But maybe there is some truth to it. 
you know, assimilation and this, all the different things. Maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. But I don't care, honestly. I, what I do care about, what I believe in, is that beneath the surface there's Hanhagas Ayichud. Hanhagas Ayichud means that every single, every single second that a Jew is hurting, even if, like the Gemara says, you put your hand into your pocket and you expect to find a $5 bill, right? And it comes out of $1 bill. Is also kapar with me, is also kapar. It means the Bani Shalom has a cheshman like that. It hurts him. That one of his children thought he was going to get a $5 bill, came up with a $1 bill. And I believe that. And if you don't believe in Anhagas Hayichud, that everything is being brought to that Hashem Echad and Hashem Isbach knows what he's doing, and in that world of Yichud, it's Kulay Ahava. Everything is not Ahava. Ahava, we're going to learn from some of the Lashanis of the Zohar. The Amish, we can spend the rest of our lives, there are millions of Mamakarmis, and I don't know what to, to do because there's so much, and I don't want to take the next few years just doing this Indian, even though it would be maybe Kedai. Maybe Kedai. But to be able to, to, to live in that world of you have to be a Jew that, that, you, that you, you go under the water, you know, you go, you go diving. You go diving. How many times I told over the mice, a lot of times when I go speak someplace, I don't go anymore so much, but I used to go talk somewhere, I would always begin, I would very often begin with this, with this story about, about the middle of Rabbi Schusi Yelena. That, that, that all those who were in the shul have heard this from me many times. But it's Kedai. For one person who maybe is going to see this or hear this, and never heard it, still Kedai. What happened with the middle of Rebbe, that his Rebbe was very nervous because he wasn't, uh, he was never eating much. He was always under the middle of Rebbe. He was a Amkin Shabam Khan. He was the deepest, deepest thing. He would say, my marmon can see this, you know, for, say for not one day now. He would say, he would have a Hemshech that would go for months and years, Indian years. Such a thinker. And um, the son of the Balatani, the Mithra Rebbe, of Dov Bear. And the Rebbeson told the Shamas, you make sure that the Rebbe has his soup. Now I prepared soup for him, take it to the Rebbe, make sure the Rebbe has his soup. And, you know, the Shamas, you know, the Shamas are afraid of Rebbeson's, you know. That's his job, you know, his Parnassa. So the Rebbeson says, you just make sure, your uncle, that the Rebbe has his, he eats the soup. She gives him. She gives him to take the soup to the rabbi. The rabbi's, the rabbi's thinking. You understand? He's over. So it comes to comes to the rabbi. The rabbi is in a place, uh, who knows, at Sila somewhere, in the highest place in the universe, beyond the universe. The rabbi's there, and the, and the shamus comes to the yankel and he puts the chicken soup you know, in front of the middle rabbi. And uh, and the middle rabbi nods his head, something like that, and he takes the spoon, and he starts to go like this, you know, dragging around in the soup. And he has his, the head is on the hand, and he's looking at the soup like this. He's looking into the soup, and he's moving the spoon around. And the poor Yankel is standing there. He knows the Rebson's probably watching to see if he did his job, you know? And, and Yankel's getting nervous, and the, and the Rebson's looking at the soup with the spoon like this. And because, you know, the Rebson was someplace else, Mamish. No, it wasn't anywhere near this world. And, and he's going around, dragging around in the soup, and finally Yankel figures this is it's getting cold, you know, he's going to get in trouble. So finally, the uncle screams out, Rabbi! And the, and the middle of says, What is the uncle? If you're looking for the, the luxion, it's at the bottom. <laughs> the luxion is at the bottom. The noodles are at the bottom. He thought the Rabbi was like, you know, looking for the luxion. He's looking. <laughs> and the middle of the said, Ah, your uncle, Nichamtani. You don't know what physic you just gave me, uncle. He says, You're 100% right. And he ate the soup. 
He said, the lotion's at the bottom. The good stuff is inside. The good stuff is inside. And how, and, and how many more Jews are going to grow up thinking that God hates them because no one ever showed them where the good stuff was. Not to say the chalila, everything you learn is gewaldic. Chumash, Rashi, Shas, Poskim, everything is gewaldic. But in that world, you still don't necessarily see it all. The Panam Seichakist, Hashem's laughing face, Hashem's warm face. Love Davka. Love Davka. But you can get that from a, you could be helped along with warm people that you meet in life. That helps emotionally. But if a Jew grows up without seeing nowadays, in the old days wasn't necessarily, wouldn't necessarily be a casualty, but nowadays for the kids to be raised without seeing Hashem's smiling and loving face, it's very, very dangerous. And it's not a kasha, and that's a separate shmuz. How come years ago it wasn't like that and now it is like that? It's, why argue about that? You, you just, this is the mitzvahs. You could you could argue how come now we have how come now we have electricity and by the Elta Zaidi you know what so you want to talk about that really do we have, you want to talk about it but the mice just turn on the light we can talk about it with the light on you know what I'm saying <laughs> turn on the light and we'll talk about it so why do we need these things you know to, why do we have to have these things or the one of the shyness in the article was that was connected was uh, new and improved Yiddishkeit what does that mean to be new and improved it's a, it's a different kufa. And even though you might have survived somehow in, in a different way in an earlier time, nowadays we see that Am Yisrael wants something, is looking for something. And this is all told to the Baal <coughs> by Mashiach Tzikainu himself when he had his Aliyah Nisham. Therefore, it's not a surprise to anybody who's connected and who believes in the Baal Shem Kaddish. Not a surprise to any who believe in the Zara Kaddish. There's not a Sephardi in the world or a Chas in the world who's Surprised by any of these things. Bechlal, bechlal. Not. Bechlal, not. But if one is going to remain on the top of the soup and not go into the soup, if you want to see, there was a wonderful article that was written by a, a young man who's a tire, a very precious young man, who grew up in our community in Farakwe. You could see that Yaakov Shalom Klein, it was on Times of Israel, that's where he put it. I mean, he, he shared it with me before, we went over some things. He's getting fantastic feedback, and of course, some people are bashing him and going after him, uh, also. But the same thing, never to the mazach, never to the mazach, never about the Indian. It's always about, oh, you're saying we don't have to learn Gemara. Whoever said we don't have to learn Gemara? Gemara is part of that. When a person is excited about his father, and he's excited and he feels good about himself, then he's going to have a geschmack also from a black Gemara. Ki'ilu, you know, when I just said that they should be learning Gemara. It's my whole mitzvah in the world is that all the years growing up, that's what I've been doing. And, I, and the, somebody wrote a letter to say, you know, he came back and he realized like a miches chinuch, you know, you need a miches chinuch, you need to learn a, like a rikivay. We don't know all of miches chinuch and, and rikivay. Why is it attacked to the sasu? Who made this into a contradiction? Why is there a contradiction between nigla and nista? There's no contradiction. We're talking about the same Torah, pnimius of the same Torah. Not, there's no contradiction, there's no conflict between Nigla and Nista. But since this Olam, they don't have really anything to answer to them, Zach. Like they say, no, uh, you know, no, we insist that God really does hate all of us. They don't want to say that, it's a little bit uncomfortable, you know. 
I mean, they try to say different because it's a little bit uncomfortable. So then it always that the the uh, the go-to thing is, are you saying that you're saying we don't have to learn Gemara, right? That's what you say. Who said that? Whoever says such a thing, not to learn God forbid, not to learn Gemara, not to learn Shas and Poskim. Whoever says such a thing, chas v'chalila. What we're saying is that there are many, many, many choshevah young men and older people who, unless they feel a deeper connection to the Yiddishkeit and their Muna, they begin to they begin to feel that the Gemara is increasingly irrelevant. Just like so many of the teachers are just becoming people who are outdated, antiquated, and irrelevant. So many of the teachers are just becoming irrelevant. The kids don't know that word, the little kids, irrelevant. But if they could, if they knew that word, irrelevant, that would be the word that they'd be saying all the time when they leave class. How do you like class today? Totally irrelevant. <laughs> they don't say that. They say, okay. You know, boys Bechal don't talk. All right. How do you like your regular? All right. You happy when you see him? Oh, all right. You want to stay? That's already a lot. That's a, that's a good day. Because he made a sound. Something came out. But if he could talk, if he could talk, uh, the kids could talk. No one wants them to talk. Nobody wants them to talk. But if they could talk, they would say, very often they would roll their eyes and say, irrelevant. What on earth does that have to do with my life? <coughs> Seriously, what was that? How does that help me in my life? Mm. Just irrelevant. Now when you take this out of context, then, which, which they will, after this comes out, they will. Then, oh, so you're saying that the Gemara is irrelevant. That's what you're saying. Nope. To all you, <laughs> not saying it's irrelevant. Chas v'chalila. Gemara is burning with relevance. Every word of the Gemara is Kaddish Kaddash. And I'm saying that with every fiber of my being. That's the air that I've been breathing since I'm a little boy. Every word is current. Mamish current. But if you, if you're outside of the Lakshan, like if you don't have Lakshan in your life, nowadays, I don't know what it used to be, it was different. Nowadays, if you don't have the Lakshan of Yiddishkeit, and you're in the pre-Mashiach mode of being honest with yourself. I know it sounds radical, but being honest with yourself. Like I asked some of the Chavra where I was speaking, a year ago I spoke someplace to a very fine group of Talmud Chachamim, and whose sons were learning the finest yeshivas in the metropolitan area. I mentioned this once during the year, I think. And... And I and talking about what they were learning and what they're up to, and I said, I want to, I want to tr- try this an experiment with the guys, with your boys. Ask ask your sons. When he learns, if he ever ever not just during learning, but, but does he ever think about a kaddish baruch? <coughs> and I said that's homework for this week. I'm going to see you again in two weeks. And let me know. And they did. <coughs> A few of them didn't, but most of them came over to me after this year. No, before this year, they came over to me and they said, they spoke to our kids, and with the exception of one of them, they said that their son said, I had never, ever once ever thought of God. In all the years of learning, I never once thought of God. Now, if you could tell me, whoever you are out there in cyberspace, that's what it's called, if you could tell me that that's what God meant on Higher Sinai, I'm interested to hear. Adirabha, bring rise. Tell me that there's such a thing. 
that, that God, when he gave the version, when he gave the Torah Sinai, he didn't give himself. Anochi is anon, avshik, sovs, yavs. Anochi means I'm giving you myself. As you all know, Rabbi Yonah, I'll explain that this, that that hate, that sin of the time of that of the second bias was not that they weren't learning, not that they didn't like enjoy a gishmak a gemara, but they were learning what without the rishon. That's Rabbi Yonah. That's 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 the run. That's the morale. They were learning without the rishon. So these fathers told me that my, that the kids told them they never once ever thought of God in all of their learning. Isn't isn't everybody in agreement that that's a problem? I'm again. I'm not saying this was an official census or toll or whatever you call it. I, I understand, you, and they'll never make a study like that because, for many reasons, they'll never make a study like. Because, like I said, nobody wants to hear what the kids have to say. Because if the kids have, if the kids would say what they want to say, if they would really tell the truth, the kids of what they grew up with and what they didn't have when they were growing up, it would be big ach and vey. And if that would be published, if that would be filmed, which I once tried to work on such a project, never got off the ground because it was such a snogness that came out right away. Talk to the kids. Ask the boys after high school and the girls post-high school. Two or three years later, just interview them. Make their faces, you know, covered, and you could dub their voices or something. Ask them questions. Just talk to them about their belief, their faith, their emunah, what they went through. Just talk about things like basic questions, the 13 Ikarim. Talk to them. Never got off the ground. It was killed by, by uh, two rabbis. They killed it. Never got off the ground. <coughs> so we'll go on. we're going to go on now year after year, reading more in the magazines about what's bothering the kids. What's bothering the children? Like, why are they having such problems? And like I, I wrote to one of the magazines, which I was very uncharacteristic for me until recently, and I had to write again. But years ago, I wrote to the magazine, why didn't you just ask the kids? Nine fell. No, it's a, <laughs> nine. ask the kids. They're not. They're not twelve years old anymore. They're twenty-two, twenty-three. Ask them. Make a whole book. You could fill this whole bismedrash with books talking to kids. Ask them. From all different types, from the most chassidish to the most modern Jewish boys and girls, all types. Ask them. What was it like? What did you get? What didn't you get? What did you wish you would have gotten? What did you feel you were missing? I don't think that the main thing that was missing was I would have appreciated a better explanation of that Tysus and Yavamas. The Rebbeim are very good Rebbeim. Mostly they know how to explain Tysus and Yavamas. They're good. They're good. They're qualified. And they, know how to t- they know how to learn. They know how to teach. But what was missing in my life growing up and now I'm struggling with? And when I have those Nisyonis and Kedusha that we're talking about in this, in this year, when I have Nisyonis in that world of Yesavet Sadik, I'm struggling in the world of Yesavet Sadik. Am I really holding on to that Taisis and Yavamas to, to save my life? Really, really. Come on. Tell the truth. Is that what I'm looking for? Again, I'm not saying that Taisis and Yavamas is not dear and precious. But, but if he thinks that God hates him because of what he did, the Taisis becomes irrelevant. That's the word now. Irrelevant. It's just irrelevant. Not because of Khalila. I'm saying it ten times, and it's, you're going to watch, it's still going to be misunderstood. Not because it's irrelevant. Be'etzim. Be'etzim is the most relevant thing in the world, Taisus. But for that kid, and what he's going through, what he went through in high school, and what he's going through right now, since it was Taisus without the Rabbani Shalom, it's irrelevant. Now, I'm not talking about learning Torah Shalom Shema. That's already Madrega. 
but it's with Amuna, with Amuna, with Amuna, with Abarishla. But it's irrelevant. And irrelevance doesn't save you from the, uh, from the arch enemy of the Jewish people, which is the technology. doesn't save you from the technology. Irrelevance doesn't save you. Only when Yiddishkeit is burning with relevance, when God matters to you, when you feel that you have a relationship with him and you don't want to disappoint him because, because he loves you and you know that and you love him. And not because he's watching you or not because he's standing over you, but because you love him. And you don't want to do something like that. That's relevant. But if all of your learning is without Hashem is Baruch, these are the, the boys, were the, these are boys. I, I watch them. They're, these are strong boys in learning. They're yelling and fighting. They're, 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 they know how to learn. They have a geschmack in learning. But they say, I was in Yeshiva for, for, since I'm a kid, and I'm already mature. These, these are talking about, we're talking about boys that are already 18, 19, 20. And to say such a thing that I never, I never once thought of Hashem. So, don't, don't we have to ask ourselves? What's wrong? That's all I'm trying to say. But the second you become critical, the second you raise the possibility that something is, might be off, something is wrong, then the accusation right away comes out, oh, so you're bashing, you're bashing the Gdolim. You're bashing the Torah world. I was taught that if you don't make a cheshman and nefesh, I was taught in the Torah world by the Balai Musa that if you don't make a cheshman and nefesh every day of your life, there's no question that you're messing up your life. That's what I was taught. Not I was taught by that. I was taught by my rebbe. I was taught Musa. So why is it that as a people we don't have to make a cheshman and nefesh? Why is it that as, an, as, a, as a community that the, the, we don't have to make a cheshman and nefesh of what's wrong with us, what's wrong and to reevaluate? Why is it that the second that anybody says something that, that looks like it's saying different than you, that you right away start to get angry and defensive, defensive, and you have to start, why? When a person is insecure, and a person doesn't really have his handle on things, so then he, then, then he, he has no choice but to, but to fall back on that. But if you be-emes, be-emes, are able to look at yourself in the mirror and to say, it's not just about the internet. The internet, and I hear also, I have to repeat ten times, I could say it either consecutively or I could spread it out, <laughs> that the internet's our biggest enemy, the internet's our biggest enemy, the internet's our biggest enemy, the internet's our biggest enemy. Everybody has to have a million filters, everybody has a million filters, everybody has a million filters. We have to make all kinds of things against it, against it, against it, against it. And I'm not lying, I believe in that 100%. And everybody here in the show knows that. I'm, I'm always talking about this stuff. But that as long as you say that the problem is only outside, but everything is fine with me, and you're not making a cheshman nefesh, that ulai, 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 I'm not giving these kids the tools to fight against the internet, because that's a big fight. They need something, they need, they need tools to fight against the internet, and maybe I'm not providing my kid with a, with a weapon that he needs. Maybe I'm not. Ask yourself, that's why I ended that, the, the letter they wrote back. Maybe, you know, maybe you want to think about it. Just think about it. Maybe it's not just the computer's fault. The computer, the computer is a symptom. It's not the illness. That's what I heard. It's a symptom of a bigger problem, that, that our kids are full prey to it so easily. You would think that after being in yeshiva and being exposed to the Bernstein for so many years, that they should have been exposed. You would think that the Internet wouldn't have such a hold over them. Huh? But you look at our community, and everybody's walking around, taking selfies. 
you would think that with the Hayban dimension, after all the years of learning Torah, we become elevated or higher than that. Because a person who has true Yashamayim is not interested in selfies. The same way he's not interested in holding up a stake for a picture, you understand? So instead of looking at ourselves and saying, Chavah, you know, we love, we love Jews, we love the whole of Am Yisrael, something's really wrong. We, we, we ought to think about it. And just, and then someone says, it's the, it's the internet that did that to us. That's why, I, I'm, that's why I'm kissing my steak and bowing down to my sushi, because of the internet. No. If you would be really in Yiddishkeit where you're supposed to be, and you'd really have a connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu, you wouldn't be so enamored with the steak, you know what I mean? You, you'd have a steak, but you don't, have to, you don't have to take a selfie with it. <laughs> you'd have a steak, but don't be so enamored by your steak. None of the problems, because the internet made us shallow and superficial that we're enamored with our food. It made us into foodies. I heard that word. Foodies. To go food became a verb. I'm going, people are going to food. We're fooding today. Yes. And Jews talk like that already now also. How did that happen? The computer did us. The internet did that to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet did. I don't know. Didn't do it to me. Why did it do it to you? You're smarter than me. How come it did it to you? It didn't do it to me. The terrorist is, if you don't go for the luxury, if you don't go for the luxury, again, tenth time, it could be the Vilna Gain, Musa, Chesidus, Ben Ishchai, whatever you like. But if you don't go for the luxury, then the, then the internet says, ah, ha, ha, ha. Then the internet says, your, your mom is perfect prey. You're like waiting to get caught by the internet. You're like the perfect victim, a shallow Jew. That's the perfect victim. They got you. What do you have? He goes after Yeshiva Bacha. What does he have? So the Tavis says, I have 30 black Gemara from being in Yeshiva for seven years. The black Gemara, if it would be with the Baruch Shalom, would be more than enough to keep him from the internet. But without the Baruch Shalom, it doesn't seem to work. Again, that's what the Baal Shem Tov said. That's what Kisal Salante said. Why did it once upon a time seem to work? It doesn't anymore. So, and, and, and everybody's beginning, not everybody, it's, it's catching on. Did I mention last week how interesting was how in the magazine, I don't know if you noticed this, I mentioned this, how last Sunday, how in the magazine you had all these letters uh, saying that you know, it's, they're against the Hasidim, they're against the Gemara, they're against the Gemara, all this uh, stuff. And then, and then on the opposite page was a full-page ad of a, of a big time of Chacham, one of the Rosh Yeshiva and the Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, and this and Kaplan, he should be well, who is by no stretch of the imagination a Chassid He's a proud Litvish Jew that's, that's for many years t- teaching Yeshiva Bacham. Like, it's safe to say, no Bechlal, no Shaykh, is there anything in Chassidus, or anything like that? And there's an advertisement across from that page with the letters, there's an advertisement, a full page ad about that when Nissen Kaplan's Algazun sign, he's leading a, a tour of guys <coughs> of Yeshiva Bachram to Europe, and they're going to go to Radna and to Vilna, and they're going to go to, here we go, Beditshev, Mezbiz, and Uman. And there's a picture over there of the guys with the guitar in, in the Yeshiva. Zehu, you understand? Like Yaakov Shalom Klein wrote in the letter. The war has already been won. It's just a matter of time. So, they, they're going to Mezbus and Uman. What are you going to Uman for? What's the way you're going to Uman for? What's in Uman? What's in Mezbus? What's in Baditchev? What's in Baditchev? What's in Uman? What's in Mezbus? What's in Lezhensk? Ah. The Lakshin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jews like Lakshin, 
and at the end we're going to be freshing <laughs> the rest of our lives on Lakshan. And with Mashiach, we're going to have the biggest, the Sudash Lavyasan, the Sudal Lavyasan, that meal is going to be the biggest, the biggest uh, fooding event in the history of Am Yisrael. We're going to be eating Sisrei Torah, we're going to be eating the Torah of Mashiach, the secrets of Torah in the most delicious and the most beautiful way. We should be zarchi to be together by that soon. Please keep the page, all right? If you, can, if you think that that's like a challenge, then give it to one of the chevers to hold or something. <laughs>